she was hurt, so she was not giving him grace. When she was able to see that what she was doing was punishing him, she would say, well, Alejandra, you know what? He deserves it. He doesn't know how much he's hurt me. He's making my life miserable. I'm so overwhelmed about this. And hearing all this, you may be thinking, I agree with her or I would feel the same way. Well, keep listening. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. And if you've been listening for a while, I'm so thankful you've been spending time with me, reflecting on communication and learning transformative communication tools to have more fulfilling relationships and a more equitable world for all. Thank you. You may have heard about the golden rule. The golden rule is that principle of treating others as one would like to be treated. Today, we are going to talk about this ethics of reciprocity when it comes to something we all want to be given by others, and that is grace. In the last few years, I've been hearing this expression of grace more and more from my communication students and my coaching clients. I keep hearing things like, I'd like my partner, my boss, my parents, my brother to give me grace or to give me more grace. Since this golden rule has been with us through the millennia, we find it in ancient China, Egypt, India, and it's also present in most religions. One would think that we're pretty adept at this ethic of reciprocity, right? Well, not quite. That's why in this episode, we are going to discuss about whether we communicate with others with grace as we want to be communicated to. In his recent book, Talking to Strangers, Malcolm Gladwell starts with a chapter writing about how we consistently overestimate our ability to judge others and are consistently overly generous with ourselves. To demonstrate this, he describes an experiment by psychologist Emily Pronin. In this experiment, Pronin gives test subjects a word completion task. She gives them a combination of letters and blank spaces in a specific order. And then she asks test subjects to come up with words as quickly as possible without thinking, using those letters and blank spaces in the order given. The subjects do this for at least 10 times with 10 different words and 10 different combination of letters and blank spaces. Then the participants are shown the list of words they came up with. Now, if all this sounds very abstract, I get you. But don't worry, we're going to do this quick experiment ourselves. So I'm going to give you some letters and you will fill in the space as quickly as you can without thinking. Are you ready? First word, G-L space space. So for example, the word glow. Let me give you another word. Space space T 
E-R. Third word. S space space R-E. Number four. A-T-T space space space. Number five. B-O space space. Six. F L space space T. Seven S L space T. Eight C H E space space. Nine space R A space. Ten space space space. E-A-T All right, I was trying to be slow here, but maybe you need to go back and listen to them again, or maybe you were able to get them all, in which case, it's fantastic. As I was saying earlier, when participants did the experiment, at the end, Pronin showed them the list of words they came up with. And then she asked them to reflect if these words that they came up with showed anything about them, such as their personality, their mood, or their values. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Think about the 10 words you just came up with. What are your words? And do you think they reflect anything about you, your personality, your values, your mood? I'm going to tell you my words. My words were glow, eater, store, attire, boat, float, slat, chest, cram, and repeat. So I'm going to ask you again, remember your list of words? Do you think they reflect anything about you, your personality, your values, your mood? If you are like most people in the experiment, and myself included, you would say, Alejandra, no, these words are random. It was just a game we played, and I was only focusing on finding words that could fill the spaces and go with the letters you gave me, right? Okay, great. But the thing is that this experiment didn't end there. What I found so fascinating about Pronin's experiment is that then she gave the test subjects who just went over the same instructions and word completion tasks I replicated with you here, and then she showed them a list of words from other participants, people they didn't know, strangers. And then she asked them the same question. Look at this list of words. What do you think of this person's list of words? Do you think this list of words reflect anything about themselves, their mood, their personality, their values? And if you're thinking about it, listen to this list with the same letter combinations I gave you. Glum, hater, scare, attack, bore, flout, slit, cheat, trap, and defeat. Would you think this list reflects anything about the person who came up with these words? Do you think that these words reflect this person's personality, values, mood, By the way, this second list that I read, those came from Malcolm Gladwell. So do you think that these words reflect 
Gladwell's personality, values, or mood? If you said yes, then you would answer like most people in Pronin's experiment did. When people in her experiment analyzed lists completed by other people, by strangers, they said things like, oh, this person is definitely competitive. They must be an athlete or they only care about winning. Or when someone else was shown another list, they said something like, I can tell this person is very tired. Maybe they suffer from depression and they feel lonely. Wow. The perception changed when people were shown other people's lists. But with their own lists, they said, no, these words are completely random. And you may ask, okay, but what's the significance of this? The significance is that Pronin set herself to do this experiment to demonstrate the very simple truth I see every day in my communication coaching clients and students. And that truth is that we don't consider the golden rule, that we think of ourselves as complex, nuanced, multidimensional beings who almost always have good intentions and should be given grace, space, the benefit of the doubt that should be seen for our goodness or uniqueness, but we have what Pronin calls a biased blind spot towards others. And we see others as simple, one-dimensional, clearly ill-intentioned, and definitely deserved to be labeled, criticized, punished, and blamed. And this happens all too often when the other person does or says something we don't like or something triggering for us. In those instances, we think of ourselves as objective and reasonable, and we think of others as biased and unreasonable. And we use this bias to judge others more negatively than we judge ourselves. And the thing is that we do this without even knowing that we have this bias. That's why Emily Pronin calls it the bias blind spot. So we want to be given grace and we want others to give us grace easily. But when it comes to us giving grace to others, well, we find it much harder. I can definitely see many instances in which this bias was operative in me. For example, a friend of mine and I set a phone date. When the time came, he didn't call me. So I called him and I got his voicemail. I immediately started thinking that I didn't really matter to him, that he was probably distracted and he didn't add the time for our phone date on his calendar because I was not important to him. He had better things to do than to talk to me. I was not giving him grace. Yet, another time when the same thing happened with another friend and I was the one who needed to call and forgot to call her, I immediately went to this place of, oh, it's because I was so busy that day and my family had an issue and my mind was preoccupied with my family, but of course I care about my friend. And no, I didn't put the date on my calendar because since I care so much about my friend, I would remember to call her. Except I didn't. 
See what I did there? I was judging one friend negatively, not giving him grace, while I was seeing myself in a positive light, giving myself grace, and it was the exact same situation. So, no, I was not applying the golden rule there. Let me give you another example. I was working with a lovely woman. She was on the brink of separation with her husband. She was very hurt because she discovered her husband had concealed some truth about some investments they had together. She found out that her husband took money out of these investments without talking to her first. From her perspective, he should have not taken money out of these investments without talking to her first. We spent quite some time looking at her perception of him. From her point of view, he was the villain. He was a liar, a cheater, someone who only cared about himself, not a team player. She went on and on about how she thought he didn't think much of her, how he made important decisions for the family all by himself, because obviously he didn't think she was an intelligent person. And on and on and on. Of course, as you can imagine, her communication reflected all of this. She would communicate the pain she felt by criticizing him in front of the kids, by making hurtful comments about him when they got together with friends, or by giving him the silent treatment, or by having as little contact with him as possible. What she was doing with her communication was punishing him and not talking to him directly. She was hurt, so she was not giving him grace. When she was able to see that what she was doing was punishing him, she would say, well, Alejandra, you know what? He deserves it. He doesn't know how much he's hurt me. He's making my life miserable. I'm so overwhelmed about this. And hearing all this, you may be thinking, I agree with her, or I would feel the same way. Well, keep listening. When we looked into the cause of all this pain, and she got very honest with herself, she was able to recognize that the real reason she was so overwhelmed and hurt about this was that she had maxed out a credit card and she wanted to take the money out of the investments to pay the credit card. And she wanted to do this without talking to her husband about it. So she was going to do the same thing her husband did. So when she went to take that money out of the investment, that's when she found out that that money had been moved. We talked about this. And I said something like, so you would have done the same thing your husband did. That's to say, you would have taken the money out of the investment without talking to him first. And she said, yes. And then I asked her, well, what if you had been able to do this and then your husband had found out? And you know what my client said? She said, he wouldn't have. But if he had found out about this, then he would have needed to understand that I had really good intentions to take us out of debt that I did it for the family, that it was the only way our children could have had that wonderful experience traveling to Europe and learning all about their ancestors, 
that it was all because the kids are growing and they're not going to want to travel much with us in the future. And this was the only opportunity I saw for us to be together as a family. Ah, there it was. My wonderful communication coaching client, like the people in Pronin's experiment, like me with my friends and like most of us, was seeing herself in a multidimensional, complex and nuanced way one in which there had to be room for grace, but she was seeing her husband in a simple, black-and-white, right-wrong way in which what he should get from her is punishment, not grace. As we approach the end of the year and we have the opportunity to spend time with friends and family, You may be getting together with people with whom you have some old hurts or some wounds that have not completely healed. Maybe you are the one who got hurt or maybe you are the one who hurt the other person. Whatever may have happened, however it may have happened, I encourage you to consider the golden rule and the bias blind spot. Is there any way in which you may be overjudging the other person for what they did or said or for what they neglected to do or say? Is there any way in which you are feeling entitled to grace for what you did or said or neglected to do or say? And if you notice this, then remind yourself that you are human and then show up with the other person with a heart full of grace. Because after all, they are as complex, nuanced, and most likely as well-intentioned as you are. And now, let's recap what you've heard in this episode. We've talked about the golden rule, the principle of having reciprocity with others and treating others as we want to be treated. Specifically, giving others the grace we want to be given. I shared the bias blind spot experiment with psychologist Emily Pronin and did the same experiment with you, which I hope was fun for you. I gave you a couple of examples of how we do the opposite of this golden rule and how we engage in this bias blind spot and actually expect others to give us the grace we do not give them. And finally, I encouraged you to reflect on the bias blind spot and engage in the golden rule by giving others the grace you want to receive from others. And one more way in which you can apply this golden rule is that if you are enjoying and gaining insights from this podcast, then share it with others you love so that they too can enjoy and gain insights from it. Thank you so much for listening and a special thanks to my students from the Choosing Through Connection six-week online course. They're doing such brave work looking into their bias blind spots and choosing to give others grace. I'm specifically thinking now of Sue, Jenny, and Nabila. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapo. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.